Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Weersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and you are in for a treat. You know how I'm so excited about my Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, and you think that that's crazy until you hear people that talk funny, and then you know that I'm on the road in Scotland talking to Lou Shaw. She, I already have have known that she's a sister from another continent because I went to her store and had to import lots of items that I had to buy here in Scotland. She has fantastic taste as an entrepreneur. She is a, a, a beautiful and wonderful woman, and I'm honored to be here in her home today in Scotland. Lou, welcome to the show. Hi there. I'm also honored to be here too. Well, it's so fun to go around the world. And I said to Lucy, who's the most interesting people that might be great for this podcast? And you were her number one choice. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That's so nice of her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think friendship is, you know, what the whole world is about. And that's why we like to have this friendly, uplifting podcast, right? Yep. To tell the story. So I always like to tell your story from the perspective of, um, as you look back now from here and you think about growing up and your education and your adventures, you know, like what are the different things that made you who you are today? So let's go back. And um, were you born and raised in Scotland? Tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. So I was born and raised in Scotland um, and I was raised by my father and mother. My father was Scottish and my mother was part English. So they had come from London and they were army people. So we grew up in Perth because they had a barracks there. So there was a part of the town um, and that's where they lived. My father was country boy and he lived in Blair Gary, a small place just outside. Um, the the kind of an start off point in my head was they both came from shopkeepers. So my grandfather was baker and his brothers were upholsters. So they were upholsters to Schoon Palace. So they did oh, all the for Schoon Palace. For Schoon Palace. They were Harris the upholsters. Wow. Um, so my two great uncles and my granddad he was a master baker. So he had a bakery in Perth. And on my father's side, they had a fruit and veg shop and my gran was a florist. So So everybody was a merchant. Yep. Yep. But what often happens when you have parents who are self-employed shopkeeper, busy people, it's a lifestyle. You often get children that are then very much don't want that because they know how much hard work it is. Yes. And I both my parents were very much not of the opinion to have a shop. Right. Because they, they knew how much work it was. And, and I think they felt that there was other jobs that you could do were easier with mm-hmm. better perks. Yeah. Um. So it was, but I always, always wanted my own shop. And I kind of think that perhaps it was just something that was a bit genetic. Yes. In my blood, you yes. know, to want the shop. Although I was very much not encouraged by my parents to, to have to do that. 
Right. So I suppose it would be perhaps like if you were an actor, you often get actor, actresses, and they don't want their children to do that job. To go into that business, Yeah, yes. because they know how tough it is and how difficult it is and how much hard work it is. So you kind of steer them in a different direction. But it was something that I just always felt that's what I would want to do is to have my own shop and to run my own life. Right. So as you were growing up, what kind of schooling and what kind of things were you interested in? Because I also know you're an artist and you're incredibly creative and you have a beautiful eye because the way you lay out your store and do your displays, you can really see that you have a beautiful eye. So where do you think the creativity side came from to add to the business side of having the shop? Well, I'm not really 100% sure where that comes from at all. Although I think a lot of it was... um, I think a lot of it was just born out of my imagination because I had an older brother who was four and a half years older than me, um, but we we didn't connect at all as brother and sister. So I spent a lot of time in my own imagination and and I had an imaginary friend who was there. My brother went, as I say, we. I think, you know, there was perhaps something now he probably would have had Asperger's or mm-hmm. yeah. autistic something, on something. Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made it difficult to have your one other family member as somebody that just didn't you didn't relate to at all so anyway um I had my own imaginary friend called Beady Bodie and I would just go and spend all the time in the world with her um I knew what she looked like she had everything that I possibly wanted right down to little rabbit slippers and I can remember I knew exactly what these little slippers looked like and you know and my mum would say to me things like oh why don't you just go and play with Beady Body for a while and I would just find a mirror and sit there and just chat away to her so I think that there was just I spent a lot of time in my imagination and it and I think that's what can happen is that it can form a creativity in you and then I would think, what could I make with things? What could I, you know, what could I find to make something um, out of nothing, really? Um, so I, that's because as far as away, there's not anything artistic or creative within my family apart from this kind of entrepreneurial thing to be either, uh, as I say, the, the business side, the baker, the florist, right, the grocer. Um, and yeah, so I think that really that's where it mostly came from was yeah. I just seem to have a very vivid imagination. And so then did you go and do all your elementary school mm. and schooling all in Perth? All in Perth, yeah. Uh-huh. And I had to, at that time, um, I had to just be on a secretarial course um, because... That's what I would be doing when I left school, mm-hmm. was I would be a secretary. Yeah. Um, which was definitely not what I wanted to do. But it was just not an option that I would do anything artistic or creative as a job because I was a woman. Yeah. Now, did so, your mom, so did your mom work at all? She just worked in the home and uh, took care of the kids or did she also have she had, a job? She had a part-time job. So yeah. she had a part-time job as a medical secretary. So she worked she in the doctor's surgery. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my dad, he oh, he had a uh, what they called a white-collar job. So he worked in uh, an office, but it was the world headquarters at that time. 
and it was a huge employer in Perth. Most mm. people that didn't either work as a manually mm-hmm. would work um, in General Accident, which was a huge insurance company, but it was the world headquarters. So he worked there. And my mum also worked there when she was younger too. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of like the big employer in town. Yeah. The this big was corporate employer. Big. White yeah, collar. Yeah, white collar with a massive amount of perks. So it was a good, at that time, it was a really good job. And probably it was quite an interesting job, unlike now where, you know, it's so tailored to, you just do one thing and one thing only and somebody else does one thing. Mm-hmm. It probably was quite a fair job, but it certainly, and my brother worked there and his wife worked there. Um, so it was very much that's what I would do. Right. I would work there. I would finish school and then I would go work, work as there. Work as a secretary there. Work as a secretary there. Except? Except that's that would just wasn't what I wanted to do at all. So when the time came to have to leave school, um, I had to, you know, I was going to have to leave school after fifth year. So you can stay on to sixth year. But really that was for people that were going to go on and do further, maybe go to university or... Right. Um, yeah. So this university. is around 15? Yeah, this is around 15. And then you take tests. I'm learning all this from hanging out with Lucy and her kids. Yeah. So at age 15, you try to take tests and they kind of proves where what level you are. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the chance to do other things. Yep. yep. So what did you do? Um, so I just, I... I didn't. I, I was on the secretarial course, and I I was to leave school. Um, but I I so didn't want to leave school. I wanted to stay on for the last year. Um, so I went to a lot of interviews to get a secretarial job. With and when I went for them, I I had the intention that um, you know, I wasn't going to get this job. So at the time, I was working in the theatre. So I just spoke about the theatre through the interview, and I wasn't successful. So after a summer of going for job interviews and failing, I got to go back to school. So I got to go back for the sixth year and I left school and I went to become a nurse. Wow. In which, Edinburgh. Which is a great, an incredible career. Yeah. And also incredible career right now. One time, I'm sure it was still really good when you were just growing up, but now in the world, nurses really mm. have a ticket to almost every country. I know we have to take a quick break. We're listening to boost power podcast we are in scotland we're talking to lou and we will be right back you are listening to boost power podcast with your host betsy weersma we are part of the global sisterhood podcast network women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life now back to boost We're back. I know you hate when I take breaks, but we have to take breaks because we made that deal. So you get that little music in the middle. Okay. So then you didn't have to be a secretary. You broke you broke kind of that that way, that one way, and um, became a nurse. And how was all that? It was fine. It was good. Um, I nursed for a year and a half. It's a three-year training program, and I nursed for a year and a half. And, and then I left. And I... I left because um, I couldn't work with the old, in the medical geriatric wards um, because I I felt really that the way nursing was going and 
I just felt that it wasn't for me. And I just thought, no, I, I you know, I, I, I wanted to love all the old people. Mm-hmm. And it was very much at that time that they were to be rehabilitated and they were to, you know, sort of um, get themselves sorted. And I, I, ju- I just felt they were like my gran. And I right. thought, I just can't Too be hard. cross and Too fierce hard. with these. Right. These, I just want to be nice to them. Right. So I, and, and of course, it was very much that nursing would become very much geriatric and I just thought mm-hmm. if this is the kind of mindset mm-hmm. this is not for me so then uh you know I did I came back to Perth and and really I mean I did a variety of different jobs mm-hmm. um and then I became uh, then I got married and then I became unmarried mm-hmm. and then I became a mother single mother and then I and I worked in that big huge corporate or office you did because I had to yes so I worked stable yep so that I could be a working mum Mm -hmm. and I just thought that that was a good role model for my daughter really so one daughter one daughter yes I'm a one daughter so one daughter so I have Alex and then I and then I got married again and then I had my son and I managed to leave the corporate thing and this is rolling on to probably well 25 years ago mm-hmm. and um and that's when I went to work with a friend who is an artist and she had a little shop a little um it was called Goldfinch mm-hmm. tiny little shop and I just remember looking in the shop and thinking I'm just going to go in there and ask her if she needs anyone to work for her then I would love to just work there mm-hmm. um so I did and then I went to work there and we ran the shop together and it was just fantastic. It was just, I'd never worked in that environment before where you just bought things, displayed them. Mm-hmm. My field was to buy second hand though. Mm-hmm. Um, her field was, we had places where things were imported into mm-hmm. the country. Sure. But I very much said, this is fine and it's yeah. lovely and wow, look at all these things. But she's not quite the same if they haven't just been here before yeah I, I just really always had that was my passion and and I didn't also say there but although my mother um worked in the office and very much did not want me to do you know the kind of lifestyle really that I've done she's where I got my whole passion for second hand oh great because she she took me to jumbo sales with the instructions of you you're small so you can get in underneath you know like arms and things yeah just look for nice design and good fabric oh what great training yes so she was just like just you know look and obviously you know i must have had an okay i we would grab all these things come home on a saturday afternoon and then you know pull out like these things that were well, I'm not sure who's going to fit this, but it's good fabric. Yeah. And my mum could sew. Oh, so that so was So she could great. make things, yeah. So at that time, she could make things out of the fabric. Yeah. Um, we would go away for a ramble up a hill to find an old house. Yeah. My mum would say, I know where there's an old house. We'll go up and we'll see if there's just anything that we can maybe find. Yeah. That we can bring back. So. Oh, so what a great they, adventure they, and a great way to get started it, for yeah. your love for vintage and. And I, I, like you, will buy anything for the fabric because I picture it on a jean jacket. I picture it, you know, embroidered into something. Um, I'm always reusing and, and upcycling something. Or and I have an entire room of stuff waiting for that day you have the project. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just waiting. 
and yep. I don't have a store like you to move it. So, no. well, I, that is that has been a huge bonus to being yes. someone to be a collector, you yes. know, and finder of things. Yes. So, so now you have store. So, tell everyone about your store, and then your store. You're actually going to relaunch your new store soon. So, yes. I was in your Perth store, and. It was fabulous. There's still things I'm thinking about that I wish I had room in my carry-on suitcase uh, to take home, uh, like the bee thing. Ah, uh, the know. bee thing. The bee thing is still talking to me. Um, yes. So tell them a little bit about like how it works and about your store. The store in Perth. Um, I initially set up a store in Newborough where I've come back to, and it was a small store, Kitten Caboodle. It was called. And a lot of people would call it the Jenga shop because it was really tiny. And somehow I seemed to manage to just, you know, shoehorn things in. And I, I can remember somebody helping me in with a huge wardrobe. And I could tell by their face, they're thinking, that's not going to but Never going to fit but the Jenga. Yep. But that wardrobe got, it certainly did. And, and sold. Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes, you know, people would come into that shop and I would be thinking, I'm not sure how they're going to get round here. But they did. They just seemed to be able to manoeuvre around. And that's where I met Lucy. And the shop came out of my mum dying. Oh. And she left me some money. Mm -hmm. And I'd never had the confidence to set up a shop. And I thought, you know, I'm going to set the shop. I'm going to give myself one year and see if I can get my van, get pay my rent for the year. And let's just see. And in my head, I went down there saying, if I just make £50 a week, that would be absolutely fine because I've got a little part-time job here earning £50. And if I can do what I love earning £50, needless to say, I, I made more than £50. Well, it was an absolute, you know, I was just cleared out in the first day. Wow. And then the next day. And all these sort of artistic, creative people came. In this time where I live now, all the houses are old and very quirky. So things that I had really, really fitted fit. the yes. bill. Yes. Um, but um, my lease came up and it was time to move to Perth and I felt confident enough to have a store in Perth. Whereas before that, to have a shop in your hometown yeah. was quite that's a the brave big city. move. Big yeah, city around sort of, here. Yeah. And I was thinking and a lot of people know me and yeah. what if this doesn't succeed? Oh my goodness. But coming here was just such a good launch pad. Yeah. So we opened Perth and I ran it with a partner for six years. And then we, she retired and then I ran it myself. And we also had, what, what I did was after she left, it was quite a big store. So I decided to rent out the back to three other people. So I, we had little divisions through there. And the people that were there all kind of complemented each other. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was great. And then lockdown came. Yes, the um, COVID. Yep. So to be honest, it probably was a really good thing because that's really what made me shift my direction mm -hmm. and think that I wanted to stop doing what I was doing there and probably go back to creating again. Whereas although the shop is a very creative environment, for me, it, it had stopped being such a creative environment because it was more of a job. Yeah. You know, um, I had a shop to fill, mm -hmm. I had to find things and... Yeah, and lockdown gave me that time to work on pieces that I had and I also had time to work on them 
and I got a really, I got that joy back again mm -hmm. of thinking, now what will I do with that? Mm -hmm. I don't know, will I put some paper on it? I don't know, I'll, I'll think about it. Oh, I've got it. Whereas when you're running a store, you, you, you've got to, it is supply and demand. Yeah. You can't really sit and muse over something for too long. So I thought, you know, um, I think I actually want to just change things around a little bit and turn of fate, I just ended up back in Newborough. And I have a shop here and the girl who was in the shop had to leave. Um, the shop is now empty and I'm thinking... Think maybe it's just a whole lot of perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, it's so nice when things happen out with your control yeah. that you're not. And sometimes I think that's one of the learning things that I've had is sometimes to just let go, control what I can control. You know, I can control the color of paint that I'm going to paint a piece of furniture. Right. I can control whether I'm going to decoupage it or whether I'm going to say do a paint effect on it. But do you know those other things? Maybe I, I sometimes should just. Just draw a breath and just see what direction I'm going to go in. And as I say, that's kind of what's happened in being here. And so I'm feeling hugely excited yes. about a new project that I, I don't quite know where it's going to go. Not sure what's quite going to happen, but there's such good energy here. And it's the kind of place that if you think about something, it actually happens. Well, that's really magical. It's very magical. And I mean, a lot of people will have said, you know, it's really good to have your energy back on the high street again. Yes. So, um, and that was the thing I loved about here. In a city, you have to go through an awful lot of different regulations to make things happen, which is just how it is. Yeah. Um, whereas for an impatient person like me, a creative, a cre entrepreneurial yep, yep. action figure, I'm yep. going to add all this in. If we add this and if we add this and if we do this, could this maybe happen? Yeah, yeah and and it does. So yes. I'm really, yeah, I am really excited about the the, the pop up shops. Okay, we'll say the name of this town again. Newborough. Newborough. Yeah. Okay, and it's a beautiful. We've just seen it already. There's like a church on each end, and this shops down the middle. And here's your beautiful incredible home with your backyard garden so so it, it seems like what a magical place mm. to live your passion and your purpose in a lifestyle that will be easy and fun when you're walkable literally exactly down to the shop yeah and it's really fun and quirky and small with two indoor areas and then a beautiful garden in the back so I can't wait to come back when it's open and we'll have tea. Yes. What's the, what's the huggy area called it's, again? It's called the Cootie Inn. Yeah, the so Cootie Inn. The Cootie Inn. Yeah. If, if you Google the word Cootie, which is C-O-O-R-I-E, it's a similar word to, have you heard of Heige? No. Well, Heige is like the equivalent in Scandinavia. Okay. So it's like that hunkering down, Okay. you know, um, Put something cosy on. Yeah. Put your slippers on. Get a blanket. Yeah. Have a cup of tea. Yeah. Get a good book. Turn up the fire. Okay. It's like get together. And it's probably a word that Scotland has and Scandinavia because they're both cold and dark in the winter. Yes. So you, that's when you definitely, definitely want to curry in. 
Okay. Is the so winter I'm time. Look that up. That so look fun. up that word. There are books and things that have um, been published about Korean style uh-huh. for Scotland. Nice. Yeah. So and it is nice. It is a very much a cozy, a cozy affair. So we're hoping that we can have the Korean in yeah. the back of the shop. A little spot. A yeah, little spot so where you can come with friends. And and what we've decided to do is, if you come on that day, you can come and have your afternoon tea. You can have a little mooch around the shop, mooch around the garden, and you can stay as long as you want. There is no time constraint on that. So there's no feeling of there's another, you know, group of people coming in. So you only have two hours. So this is a kind of, um, what would you say, more a commercial capitalistic kind of thing that we have to go, well, here's the next person. Here's the next Next. person because we've costed it and we've worked it. This is not that experience. This is actually to just come and escape and be and relax yeah. and just enjoy and let that, that time. And that magic happen that's here in this town. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, well, with the view of the river, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful in Scotland in this particular town. Spectacular. Okay, so you talked about one thing is just relax and let go. Is there anything else you would add um, to the women in the world that are just listening to you that are like, Lou is so cool. I'm going to her shop. Um, is there any other things you would say would be your wisdom from the road of um, being brave to open your stores and to trust? Well, the thing that I feel is the main ingredient to anything working, you know, because you hear a lot of think, people saying, you know, it's, oh, it's not worked or people didn't come or this. And, but, you know, the main ingredient is that you have got to put love into whatever you're doing. You know, you have. And it's so noticeable when you do love something, you know. Um, and it was the kind of thing. It was the thing that I just thought when I have a shop or when I'm doing something I don't want it to just be okay. It has got to feel that it's the best effort that I can make, you know. Now, some people might say that's perfectionism. And, you know, maybe there is a little bit of that as well. But it's just making sure that all those little pieces are sitting the the way you would want them, just like polishing something, Mm -hmm. you know. You would Mm -hmm. just want to make it shine if you had something special happening or... You know, even for yourself, if you're going on that special day out or, you know, you you want to look your best. So it's like giving your best that you can. And that, you know, it has, it's the thing that I know if I'm not on, not paying attention, it usually reflects in my work because I've kind of, you know, sometimes that's life. You, you, You know, there's other things on the go and you can't. But I think love for me, is the main ingredient that is the most important thing in the whole world. Well, I'm smiling so big because everyone who knows me knows my show. During every day of COVID, I did a video that said love is the antivirus. And every single day from March 1 until August, I said something that I had on my heart to uplift and love the world. And I would walk in places and people would say, you're the love is the antivirus girl. And I'm like, you listen to that? I listen to it every day. It was so helpful. So I really like you from a world away, believe if we all can concentrate on love and bringing our best self Mm. to the table, then everything will work out okay. Yeah, and, and it's, if we all just help each other. Exactly. And it's just that feeling of trying to make the shop be a really nice experience, you know, yeah. to come in and feel that the shopkeeper is happy to see you. Yes. 
welcome, come in, you know. Yes. And and just again, it's just that caring. Um, yeah, you and and put yourself out. Why not? Yeah, you know. Give someone a compliment. Tell them that I like your jacket. I like yeah. your top. Yes. Or what are you going to Why do? Why not? Send me a positive what, part. Yes. Exactly. It's yes. that sort of, you know, that's the mirror that I, you know. And even when you can't be bothered, it's just a, just, you know, it's like acting. Be just, bothering. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, you know, it's like putting your outfit, your cloak on and yes. off you go. And yes. yeah, you can always take your cloak off and come in and go, whoo, that's yeah, been that a hectic day. Yes. Yeah. But, but that's beautiful. Well, so if people are looking to find you, your shop, do you have an email address or a place for them to look? Or The best place to look would be on Instagram. Okay. So we have an Instagram page underneath the arches. Okay, underneath the arches. Underneath okay. the arches. And we're just going to keep it with that page. Yeah. Um, so basically what will happen is the red fox will be just, well, underneath the arches will pop up at the Red Fox Studio. There you go. And hopefully lots of other little makers in the mm -hmm. town are going to pop up as well. So the little fox is going to run through the town and pop up here, there and everywhere. Oh, so, goodness. I just wish I was a maker over here because I would definitely come and play with the Red Fox. Play with the Red Fox. And be under the archers. But maybe we'll have a pop-up. Maybe I'll bring some things from America. Yeah, and we'll have yeah, a absolutely. In your shop. That would be so fun. Just yeah, a suitcase definitely. full of things. Yeah. I don't know. And we'll yeah. put them in the back. It'll be so uh, much fun. Yeah. As you can tell, we could go on forever. Um, Lou, you are a blessing. I'm so glad Lucy introduced us. Oh, I'm so glad well, it's been... we and the girls got to shop. And I bought an actual tin that was from the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. And instead of taking home from here or England just some junky thing, I have a gorgeous, fun, actual tin that my art markers will live in. So oh. I'll have it in my art studio. And I got that at your shop. And that reminds me, I have a little cork to give you for somebody oh, else for, who bought yes. the piggy bank. Yes, and we I've also got, have yep, the Queen Elizabeth piggy yes. bank. Okay, so, we'll get the cork. We'll get the cork. Well, thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast. As you can tell, we are full of stories to uplift and inspire because today is the first day of the rest of your life. And so a story you hear, uh, a way you change your thinking, some spark can make a difference. And that's why we're here. Please share this podcast with others that like uplifting, inspiring, fun stories of women from all over the world. And watch us as we grow the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. I am your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging in stories from the journey of life and business. Our music is by award-winning singer-songwriter Megan Burt, and we're produced at the Cinder Sound Studios in Colorado. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, people committed to podcasts on purpose that are designed to uplift and inspire. Please subscribe to Boost on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends to join us. Learn more, BetsyWearsma.com.